0: Hi, and welcome to Claiming Zero, the podcast about living child-free with Dallas.
1: Is there a direct connection with endometriosis and either the ability to have kids or lack thereof? I mean, where is that kind of connection that you're aware of?
0: And Vanessa, do you feel like in your condition you could take care of a child day to day?
2: (laughs) Shall we begin let's begin
1: hey what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of claiming zero and in case you haven't been here for a while you forgot my name is dallas and of course we also have vanessa hi everyone welcome back All right. And today we're here with another special interview guest, one of our longtime listeners and our Instagram followers. She's been with us from the beginning. We have Katie from Wisconsin with us. Hi, Katie.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yes. We're so excited to have you. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, I'm from
2: Wisconsin, born and raised, live out in Dallas. So people will... (laughs) (laughs) I know Um... what you mean. I am 36 years old um, and childless partially by choice, mainly due to financial reasons and then endometriosis, possible endometriosis.
1: Okay. Okay. I gotcha. And that is something that I think that a lot of women maybe, I would say, I would say we're divided. Some people are familiar with it. Some people know what it is. Some people don't. Um, Vanessa, I know, uh, you know, both her and I are, are not familiar with it enough to even, begin to kind of understand so I know that you said you're possibly so I, what is what is the deterrent like what makes you know that that's something that you have
2: so you can't technically be diagnosed until you have uh, surgery doctors and insurance everyone will consider you not someone who has endometriosis just a I cannot remember the name for it but it's like essentially a bad period but I have been dealing with What I thought was like gut pain for about 12 years. Mm. Um, I've had at least four CTs, probably close to a dozen x-rays. I had a colonoscopy, I had endoscopy to figure out like what the pain was with no real luck. Like everyone's just dismissing, like, oh, it's just a bad period, it's female problems. What really triggered is after like, you know, was just fed up. I really pressured my doctor into running more tests and she finally came to the conclusion that it could be that just because all of my pain cycles like were tied to essentially right before my period. And that was like the biggest link and essentially what endometriosis is, it's not uterus tissue, it's uterus-like tissue that grows outside and can spread to your organs and adhere. Um, a lot of people have adhesions on their bowels and in their bladder. So going to the bathroom can become excruciating, like a dreadful thing. Some months are good, some months are bad, where I'm literally in the fetal position or laying on the couch, literally can't move. Two months ago, I was in such bad pain, like I could barely breathe without just wanting to scream from the top of my lungs. Like I was like, so close to going to the hospital because I just couldn't bear it. And a lot of people have similar things where, you know, you're treating it with heat, ice. I don't handle narcotics well. They make me very sick. So I'm pretty much at the Tylenol and um, I use a TENS device, which is like a little le- electrode pads um, that I can attach to um, my stomach to kind of pretty much it distracts your brain from pain. I've now been dealing with it, like as suspected endometriosis for about like six years. Now I'm starting to think it's spread all the way up into under my ribs. I'm actually looking at possibly giving surgery this summer because um, I don't know a lot of people with this. So it's been kind of difficult to kind of learn about like what people's experiences are. Like I found some on Instagram, but like it's hard when you don't have like a real connection So here's my question with the
0: surgery. So what does the surgery do exactly? Do they remove that tissue
2: that you were talking about? Yes. Ideally, you want to find someone who's really specialized because you want it done properly because it does grow back. You will inevitably have to have it again. Most people go a couple years, but they pretty much either burn it or pretty much cut it off. But you want to make sure you get all of it I've been hearing burning has its disadvantages. I mean, I
0: would guess that sounds very dangerous.
2: (laughs) But is that like what they, what they advise is the burning? Now it seems to be more of like the removal, like uh, precisely like cutting it Mm -hmm. out. But the problem is there's so little research on it. Like there's only like, I think five top tier surgeons for this in the U.S., like ones that people like highly recommend. And of course, like the closest one is in like somewhere in Missouri. I was gonna say, no
0: chances those four, those five are in Wisconsin, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, oh. that is so much more than I ever imagined it to be. And I know that one of the, the problems is the pain and it becomes so excruciating. And so many doctors for women in general don't think that, you know, we're being realistic about the pain we're experiencing, whether it's related to a period cramp, something as serious as endometriosis or, you know, just any kind of pain. I feel like it's just, it's such an issue right now, especially for black women too, that doctors just don't believe you. And they just say, take some Tylenol or here, like you said, maybe some, you know, some opioids or some kind of painkillers. You're like, that doesn't work for me. So stop throwing drugs at me. What else can we do? And to find out that it's so limited that the, chance of it coming back and then making sure that you have such a specialized doctor. It's a small solution to what sounds like a problem so many women face that we don't even realize.
2: Oh yeah. I also found out my mom had to have a hysterectomy um, a few years ago and they actually did find some endometriosis when they did her hysterectomy. So Mm -hmm. at least that gives me an inkling because usually it's a lot lot of it seems to be genetic, Mm -hmm. at least from what I've been finding. Again, these are my experiences with it. I, everyone has very different versions. I've had so many doctors just be like, um, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm, and yeah. like they try crazy, even females, like female doctors. It is so exhausting trying to get them to try to help me.
1: Yeah. Can you actually talk a little bit more? So is is there a direct connection with endometriosis and either the ability to have kids or lack thereof I mean where is that kind of connection that you're aware of
2: oh yeah there is um I've never been like tested for fertility or you know when I was kind of told I probably have it we were still at the point of we really weren't wanting kids Mm -hmm. so at least I knew like okay this might have closed the door if it's meant to be it's meant to be at that point but a lot of women suffer from fertility problems like it usually does create issues Um, a lot of the women I follow on Instagram it's just heartbreaking stories of women who want to have kids that can't but the one benefit for some people is that endometriosis stops growing when you're pregnant but that's not always like the best solution (laughs)
1: yeah
2: yeah. one doctor described it as it's pretty much cancer-like way it spreads Mm -hmm. it's similar to that fashion it's not cancer but it spreads like it like it just starts to take over things like it's hard to contain it's hard to
0: remove it's hard yeah that that makes sense um from what you're describing and my minimal knowledge of cancer and how you can remove it and then it can just pop back up somewhere so that makes total sense so you said from the people you have have followed, and we just we want to preface for everyone: like Katie is not a doctor; don't <laughs> attack her. Um, she's sharing her personal experiences, and you know you you've done your due diligence because if something's affected you for at least six years. So, I mean, I know I personally would look up everything I could, right? So, um, in that, like the the people you follow and the research you've done. You said that some women say it gets better when they have a child, but like, there's no rhyme or reason to that. Right. It's just kind of luck of the draw, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're just maybe a correlation to maybe how the hormones change. Mm -hmm. I've been really struggling. And one of my friends is a PA at Friedrich and she has like a mom's group on Facebook with PAs and she reached out to people to find some kind of relief for me because she knows I'm just like miserable. And it seemed to be a common thread because these women are located all over the U S that yeah, pregnancy kind of like helped and delayed, you know, their next surgery. But like, again, there's no real strong research on endometriosis. So a lot of it's just like, Hey, how did this go for you?
0: (laughs) But then, and okay, here's a, here's a different, like thought I have is, okay, let's just say that you're, you're, you can have a healthy pregnancy. You can have a child. The pain you're describing sounds like you said, you have to sometimes lay down in a fetal position and it takes you out. Do you feel like in your condition, you could take care
2: of a child day to day? (laughs) Most of the time when I do have this, I'm out on the couch for like four days. I have to work because I can't take off this many days every month if this were to happen like I've been fortunate last month it went smoothly and I was you know I'm always bracing myself like right now I'm close to it
1: yeah Um, for sure it's this anticipation this buildup, and that to to have to experience that every single month I mean as women you know not all of us but most of us get a period every month and so there's that anticipation of like okay gotta you know kind of work things around that but then to Experience what you know could potentially be a debilitating pain for days at a time. Well, it's a- <laughs> do, you, do you like have your husband come and just like, like I'd be like, okay, <laughs> this is where I'm at. You bring me some food. I like some water as well.
2: Oh yeah, and th- mind you, I'm not actually getting my period at this point. I'm told to skip it, so this is all without actually having my period. This is just the time my period normally would hit. Mm-hmm. So like my body knows mm-hmm. it. It's trying to do something because that's when my birth control I change like a new pack so I rarely ever try (laughs) to actually have my periods just like maybe like once or twice a year because I literally cannot handle it yeah
0: that that it 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 just sounds uncomfortable and it's more of like it's not like it's obviously the physical pain but then like this this plays into your personal life right like obviously we're in a pandemic right now so things aren't really as popping and social but let's just say you're out on a vacation hitting the beach with your partner and then you're like i gotta go lay down for three and a half days because you know like you can't control that and no yeah i would think the anxiety would would drive me nuts of not mm-hmm. knowing. So is there any way you can like track it or kind of control it or know when it's going to flare up? Any things you can look for?
2: Well, I kind of brace myself for like the 12th to like the 15th to know that, you know, things might be starting. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I found in some of my research again not bad at all but this is something that out of frustration, you know, talking with people on Instagram, I went to organic meat and dairy um, because it has no antibiotics um, because antibiotics can be like a, like heavily used in like food can um, create inflammation in your gut, Hmm. which if I have adhesions on my bowels, that's gonna irritate it and then possibly trigger things because if your body is already like irritated in one spot create more problems so i've now actually gone to full organic Uh, at this point i'm just trying to think of anything i can do but the 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 difficult
0: choices to make because it's like okay do i want to live in pain like i have i've had galls uh bladder issues pretty much my whole adult life and so it's a thing in my family and we'll all sit down and be like okay we're gonna have this pasta but it's going to it's going to hit us like we have to choose like are we going to enjoy the food and have the pain or are we going to eat clean and not enjoy it yeah so okay i have a question about you said earlier that that you you kind of chose to be child free so you found this out you said about 6 years ago uh, this diag like not diagnosis but you know the situation your health condition before that had you kind of always thought you would have kids or i know you said financial things played into it so when did you kind of know like i'm okay not having kids
2: me and my husband have now been married for 13 years and there was always a lot of pressure like my sister and my mom are like oh you're going to have a baby within the first few months and me and my husband are like no <laughs> and found out like four years into our marriage our friends had bets on when we were gonna have kids. Oh no. Like, because we were the first of like our friends group because we were 23 when we got married. So we just had people making bets. Like, Like, oh yeah, you know, like we had, you know, like this many years and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, can I get in?
0: Yeah. You're like, can I get included in this as no years, zero. Yeah. A,
1: you know, every like announcement, you're like, oh my God, we have some great news to share. You like bought a house or you got a yeah. dog or whatever it is. And they were like, oh my God, she's going to announce she's pregnant. And they're in the
0: group <laughs> chat. Like who had two years, who had two and a half years?
2: <laughs> yeah. It was a really funny like thing. And, um, you know, we both graduated in the middle of the you know recession. Hmm. So jobs were hard to come by and especially good paying jobs. Mm-hmm. and we're just living paycheck to paycheck the most annoying thing that people kept saying you'll never be able to afford a child I'm like okay <laughs> cool but I would like to not be like scraping by and possibly be on like a government program because you think I should have kids because right. you know that to do no pressure
0: at that age especially when you're with someone whether you're married or not it's like Oh, and I, I've heard that too, because my, my Devin and I both deal with that with people saying, oh, you'll never be ready, like financially. And I'm like, I feel like we could be, I feel like it, just making that responsible decision is not okay. You know, it's, 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 it, it is frustrating because it's like, okay, but are you going to come pay my bills? Are you going to get the second and third job? Or are you just going to like our baby pictures on Instagram and just you know, occasionally come to a birthday party, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. And we don't have anyone like to watch our kid and God childcare. When we hear about it from our friends, some of them are paying like $22,000 a year for childcare. Oh, um, wow. I, I don't have that. And like my mom is a recovering narcotic uh, user, possibly using again. So in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to let my mom babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess health isn't good. And then John's like my husband, John, mm-hmm. um, his parents live in Minnesota most of the time, but they are also taking care of their 99 year old grandma. Wow. Well, we don't have anyone that could help like $22,000. Like mm. that's insane.
0: That's a really great point because I know personally, I mean, not just my family, but people who they will specifically have children in knowing that they have their parents or their sisters and siblings, whatever to help like that whole, it takes an army. They, they know like, oh, well I have, I can drop them off at grandma's house and a lot of older parents retire and take care of the kids. So you bring up a really great point that not everybody has that option. And so you are making the decision, the responsible decision for yourself and your partner and going, look, not only can I not physically be okay every day, but financially it'd be a burden. And I'm sure if you get this surgery, that's going to be another financial burden
2: as well. Right. Oh yeah. It just, it became a thing where it, it felt like we had to have kids literally for the sake of we are married and we've been married Mm -hmm. so long. And the other thing we would get is, oh, but you'll make such beautiful children. Cool. (laughs) What? What am I supposed to say to that? They're like, oh, but you'd be great parents. That is not a reason for me to have a kid.
1: You're an aunt. You make a great aunt.
2: (laughs) Oh, I love being an aunt. Oh, man. And this is something like (laughs) we learned because now I have a three-year-old nephew. When we went and saw him when he was just three months old and we were able to leave me and my husband are like oh my god that was so exhausting yeah we're like I'm so glad we can leave
1: yes. and that
2: really opened our eyes to yeah I don't think so like you check in and be like want to thinking of kids or anything No, nope. you're <laughs> like a Costco or something and a kid's having a meltdown and we're like oh, that's a nice dose of birth control right there <laughs> yeah it true
0: it truly is like I think we we can all relate to that you know like I will call my sisters and I'll just hear screaming and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And I'm like, I just could not every day. Yeah, I, no. and I know you hear the people who are like, it's different when you have your own kid, it's still noise. It's yes. still noise.
1: It's still high pitched screaming. <laughs> yeah. Now you, I follow you on Instagram and I've seen all the fun stuff you do. You're going to Brewers games and I see you're a big Harry Potter fan. So what kind of fun stuff do you and your husband get to do because you're child free?
2: I'd say the top thing that we get to sleep in, it is (laughs) glorious. Um, I love sleeping in. I'd love to literally at the drop of a dime. I can do anything. If we wanted to book a vacation, I don't need to plan out. Okay. Who's going to take the kid or do we have to take the kid? Like for a 10 year anniversary, we went down to Jamaica and then we went to Florida and, um, just nerded out at Harry Potter world and <laughs> it was wonderful. Like that is one of my favorite things. And then we also now are uh seasoned seat holders at the brewers and we have club level seats. That's not something we would be able to right. do. Like we want the comfort. Yeah.
1: For sure. And that's
2: completely
0: 100% your choice. Like, I think sometimes we get the pressure of, oh, well, if you took the money you're using for X, Y, and Z and you put it towards saving for a child, it's like, but I don't have to. If I want to fly privately somewhere one day because I can, instead of creating a human, I get to. And that's like not, I just, I find it very interesting that people are so adamant that when who the people who have children are so adamant about you should have kids but then they complain also about like their lack of sleep their lack of finances and I'm like why are you trying to drag me into
1: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> I know you're not selling yes. it I love
1: that. <laughs> um, Vanessa brought up one time that one of our episodes we talked about um like places that were like oh this would be really nice if it was child free and she said something about Disney and I was like and she said mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if a lot of people would like that and I was like are you kidding me like that is right up some adult's alley <laughs>
2: Oh my God. If they could do universal, like, cause honestly, the two times we've been to universal, we stuck to Harry Potter world. Me and my husband just full out nerd out Dude, to be so much
0: better. Tell us what your favorite thing about being child-free is other than all
2: the things you've already shared. I guess time with my husband. I, I absolutely love it. We are very close and love running errands together, grocery shopping. And I think I would miss that kind of connection.
0: Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. And we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and being a listener. For anyone out there who maybe you have a story that you want to share about your child-free life, message us, email us at claimingzeropodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us like Katie did um, on our Instagram at claimingzero. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're not quite ready to share your story, but you just want to share some stuff with us, you can also find us at those things. Thanks for listening and we will be
2: back
1: next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.